0: You're listening to Connecting the Universe from Mike Ricksecker and ConnectedUniversePortal.com. everybody to connecting the universe. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker back at you with another interactive class out of the secret library of the connected universe. Yeah, it's been a little while here and been uh, kind of every other week here for a short spell just because of the different events I've been a part of Michigan Paracon, Phenomicon, uh, those sorts of things. And uh, you know, i got a tour of that new book, Travels Through Time, in part which we're going to be talking about this evening as we dive into the question as to whether or not some of these shadow entities that we see and experience may actually be time slips. So both of these topics are ones that are favorites of mine. Many of you know my research, extensive research I've done into the phenomena of shadow entities, shadow beings, whatever you want to call them, shadow people. Uh, and of course, the latest book, Travels Through Time, I've been talking about stack time theory for years, but finally formally proposed it in this new book. So uh, just for those that are listening to the podcast version of this later, please join us every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time at ConnectedUniversePortal.com, where you can watch us live, interact it, uh, interact with the class, ask your questions All that wonderful stuff, ConnectedUniversePortal.com. There's a 30-day free trial to the membership side of that uh, in which, of course, you get access to the weekly Connected Universe interactive class, sneak peek and behind-the-scenes videos, monthly Q&A videos, exclusive articles, insider video travel blogs, including ancient Egypt, America Southwest, Ireland, and more. All of this, ConnectedUniversePortal.com. And also, it will be posted tomorrow... Uh, There is a uh, Travels Through Time special presentation that uh, we are going to be hosting September 28th, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Be on the lookout for that. Those that are newsletter subscribers, you will get an email on that. Those that are members of the Connected Universe portal, you'll get a discount code for that. And uh, for anybody else, stay tuned to the social media. You will see that posted. And also for members, get the app, uh, then you'll get all those notifications right to your phone and keep up to date on everything else. Uh, also want to mention, we do still have the Egypt trip. Stargates of Ancient Egypt is, uh, of course, uh, registration still open April 16th to the 28th. I had A lot of people at Phenomicon interested in this. So uh, you guys might want to Jump on board this while you can. It's going to be absolutely amazing, fascinating. Again, our group gets two hours, just just ourselves, special access to the Great Pyramid of Giza, and the entire thing is open up to us. We get access to everything there. All right, so our class question for this evening, let's go ahead and, and dive into uh, this topic. And I didn't bring up the artwork, but that's all right. Question is, what do you think shadow ent- entities really are? Spirits, interdimensional beings, ETs, all of the above, or something else. So I had a lot of feedback on this. So Alina, our chat moderator from Edge of the Rabbit Hole, also a member here at Connected Universe Portal, says, I feel all spirits and other entities can show up as a shadow form when there's no physical body. It's how the energy appears to manifest. I like that. Very, very good answer. Basically, it's the way our... Eyes work and function as far as being able to uh, see a shadow. We only see into a certain uh, narrow band of light. And as these things uh, morph in and out of our plane of existence, existence, in and out of our dimension, they only show up to us in a, uh, in a certain way, which is a shadow. A lot of responses here to the uh, YouTube post that I made earlier today. Uh, Tina Louise 1268 says, Interdimensional beings, watchers. Anderson System One says, Definitely interdimensional beings, in uh, our opinion. Christopher W. says, You've talked about how they are all of the above multiple times, and I agree. Well, thank you very much, Christopher. Glad you're paying attention. <laughs> uh, I like hearing that people are out there watching. Do you have a lot of videos out here on the uh, YouTube side? And then my good friend and colleague, Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, psychic explorer. Uh, this is off of the Facebook Connected Universe portal page. He says, all of the above. So, all right, let's go ahead and get into that. We me see who's in the house so far. Uh, Tom McNicholas is in the house, Ch- Super Chat Superstar, of course. Uh, Virgin Mary, hello from Buffalo. Great to hear from you, Buffalo. Uh, James Gypsy Nagy's in the house, great to see you. Crow Middle S, hi Mike and everyone, hello. Great to see you back. And Sylvain is in the house as usual. Great to see you as well, Sylvain. All right. So let's, we're gonna step into uh, this a couple of ways. So we're first going to uh, talk about what shadow entities are. Then we're going to talk about what time slips are. And then we're gonna talk about both of this phenomena together and how we are actually experiencing these things. So I have a lot of clips here from the, uh, the shadow dimension docu series. My my voice is still, uh, recovering from the last couple of weeks with all the talking that I've done, the, uh, couple of events, uh, the podcasts that I've been doing, all of that wonderful stuff. Still, you probably hear it just fine. I feel it though. So, um, We're going to go ahead and, and play some clips here along the way. So, okay, let's go ahead and try to define what a shadow person is. Now, that whenever somebody asks me and I'm on a podcast or what have you and they say, okay, what's a shadow person? It's like, well, you know, how long do you have? Because I have an entire book on the subject. I've got a six-part docu-series that starts getting into it, but doesn't completely cover it because we have a season two coming up. Uh, You know, how how much time do we have here? Because they can be a lot of different things depending on the type that you're talking about, okay? Great quote here from Mark Anthony. just mentioned him a moment ago. Uh, He says, we may very well be dealing with several different entities, several different species using a similar energetic modality in order for them to communicate or to visit what we call earth, uh, which I think is uh, extremely accurate. Uh, whether, whether it is, you know, that was the question to, to start off the whole thing. You know, are they, are they spirits? Are they ETs? Are they interdimensional? You know, are they something else? And, you know, they can be all of these different things. So human spirit not fully manifesting as an apparition an ET Couple different ways, maybe cloaking itself, maybe the way that it's traveling here, whether it's you know interdimensionally, of course, interdimensional beings talking about something that comes from uh higher than the fourth dimension, because we are residing in that fourth dimension. And it was fascinating. We in ourselves are multidimensional beings because we have a our consciousness is fourth dimensional, which is inside a third dimensional body. I'm not gonna go through the whole dimensional primer uh in this. We just did that recently, uh about a month ago when we were kind of, you know, recapping the Travels Through Time book. I I broke that down and I've done that several times here. Uh, But basically we, uh, what we call time, again, time is a human construct, doesn't really exist, uh, is the fourth dimension, but that's where our consciousness resides. Uh, And then, you know, other different forms, astral projections can show up as shadows and, uh, you know, other things of this nature. And then we're going to get into time slips here as well. Mary Marshall... And both of these are in the Shadow Dimension docu series. Says we do a disservice to ourselves in the field by trying to find out what is this, and then this is the answer, and this is the only answer. There's multiple answers, and again, I absolutely agree with with Mary there, because um, you know they are a variety of different things. It's just the way our eyes are perceiving this thing coming into our dimension. You know, we don't have the uh, correct geometry. We don't have the correct physiology to see it in its entire form. And so we're just seeing what our eyes can pick up on, which is uh, in many of these cases, just the, the shadow aspect of it. So uh, James has got the book and watch your series. Good work. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, and Jill Nchemsky is in the house. Great to see you, Jill. So, all right. Now, I've talked many times on, in this class, on this channel, wherever you're watching right now, about you know, the different types. So, meaning like the way they physically look to us, like a um, humanoid figure, the, uh, the ones that are wearing the, the hats. You've got uh, hooded figures, you've got mists, wisps, you've got the crawler, you've got a large variety of different things. And, uh, you know, some of them have red eyes, some of them don't have eyes, some of them have I've heard purple, green, white, blue, all kinds of yellow, a variety of different colors. So, we're not going to get into all of those specifics here. You know, we've done a lot of work on, on that before. I'll refer you back to some of the, uh, the older classes. And we'll probably cover it again at some point. But... I wanted to just uh, show here, like I said, we have a number of clips from the shadow dimension. You know, kind of what is the, you know, quote unquote, typical story of a shadow person. And again, we're going to end up uh, covering shadow people first. and We'll cover time slips and then we'll mesh them together. So this is kind of like really a typical story. I've seen a variety of different shadows throughout my life in a variety of different forms. But the first one was really kind of that classic tale. So I'm going to go ahead and show this. Shadow entities are some of the most enigmatic and mysterious phenomena that we know of in the supernatural world. And I get asked quite often where my interest in this phenomena came from, basically where I got my start. And it all goes back to when I was a child and I was about eight years old. the house that I lived in I would never say was haunted, however, I woke up in the middle of the night one night and there was this tall dark figure standing in the corner of my room. And, of course, I had no idea at the time that you called it a shadow person or anything like that. Uh, I just thought there was an intruder in the house and it was about to kill me. But of course, I'm still alive to tell the tale. What it ended up doing after that was really unusual and quite different than most other shadow person stories that have been related to me over the many years that I've been researching this phenomenon. And what it did is it approached my bed, leaned over, grabbed me by the wrists, and crossed my arms across my body. Now during this time I'm trying to scream, my mouth opens up and nothing comes out. I'm um, completely frightened and i 'm looking up into this black, basically blank face you know there 's no eyes, no nose, no mouth, no features whatsoever. It is just a black entity for lack of a better term. I would say person, but i don 't think it was a, a person. What it did after it crossed my arms like that is it ended up running off down the hall and I turned my head from where I was laying and watched it run off down the hall and of all things into a closet. I have no idea why it went into the closet. Well at that point I found my voice, found my legs, ran off to my parents' bedroom and of course you know my parents are you know very nice, kind parents and they're trying to console me again. I was about eight years old and they're telling me that I had just had a bad dream. Well I know I hadn't had a bad dream. I was awake for this whole thing. I had woken up. I have no idea what in the world I was dreaming of at the time but You know, I woke up and I saw this thing. This thing was in my room. I felt it touch me. And that's something I get asked a lot. What did it feel like when it touched you? Because people wonder, okay, did it feel cold? Did it feel electric? You know, I mean, really, it just felt like somebody was taking me by the wrists. You know, it it didn't feel like anything special or anything like that. Um, At least, you know, not that I can recall. Again, I was very frightened at the time, you know, being how young that I was. Okay, so that's one particular kind, one story, one particular kind. It's kind of that classic story of waking up in the middle of the night, seeing the shadow in the room. This one got physical. But we see them all different times of the day. We see them in a variety of different situations. You can see them running down the hall through a room. You can see them outside in the woods. People have seen them in the park. Uh, Again, all different times of day as well. So. you know, I wanted to share that story there just to illustrate, you know, at the time that, uh, that I filmed shadow dimension season one, I was going on the premise that, okay, this was, um, you know, some other being from some other location. I wasn't sure what I, I'm even saying in there, you know, I don't think it was a person, but I wasn't really sure. Now there were people that I had, uh, talked to over the years uh you know one being a psychic medium that threw out a suggestion like well you know maybe they thought you were dead or were trying to put you in a burial poles like you know, kind of crook and flail sort of thing out of ancient egypt And that got me thinking about okay you know this thing you know maybe it wasn't you know a type of person maybe it was some sort of other being what type of being was it and i do see um Jen is down in the house. Jill is giving a shout out to Adam Tillery. Yeah, he's probably lurking out there. Look for look for the eyes later. He's probably got them down there. So what I ended up doing between the filming of the two different seasons, and you're going to get a uh, glimpse of this in uh, Shadow Dimension Season 2. In fact, those that were at Phenomicon last week, uh, you got a preview of this. There were two clips that I played from Shadow Dimension Season 2. And one of them was this, and I know this looks like I'm sleeping, but I'm actually going through a hypnosis session. And those that are members of the Connected Universe portal, uh, this is also on the, uh, on the portal site in the member area. You can find it there in the Sneak peeks area. So I actually went through a hypnosis session, uh, what was it? Uh, two years, almost two years ago now, uh, to try to get to the bottom of this. It was just before I went to Egypt the first time. So yeah, that would be like two years ago now. time flies. Can you believe that? Uh, So what was interesting, what came out of that, and again, you'll see this in Shadow Dimension Season 2. And down in the description, uh, you'll find links there to the Shadow Dimension. Uh, Also, I have links there to the uh, interview I did on Gaia TV with Regina Meredith and Open Minds talking about Shadow Entities. And, um you'll also find uh the links there to to the book and everything so what came out of that is you know we did a past life regression first and then we went into uh, things that I wanted to know a little bit more about and that was this first interaction that I had with a shadow person and again this one is very very different than any of the others that I've seen throughout my life I'm not going to get into all those stories but very different. And so what was fascinating was I got a perspective. We actually started channeling this being. Now you may be sitting there saying, well, didn't that happen 40 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. It happened 40, 41, maybe 42 years ago. I'm aging myself here. Um, Yeah, it happened that long ago. So how can we channel it? Time doesn't exist, okay? All time, past, present, future. It's all concurrent. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit when we get to stack time theory. She was able to channel this being, and we got to that moment. So we're having a conversation with this being, essentially, and I actually got a perspective from the shadow itself, looking down onto my little eight-year-old body in the room at that moment which was really disconcerting for one, because I'm seeing myself at that age, you know, seeing this thing, trying to scream. So I see my little mouth open and all that sort of stuff. Um, But I also got to feel the emotions of the entity itself. And that was one surprise that, you know, I as a child was actually able to see it. And then two, you know, it felt bad. Yeah, it, it wasn't trying to scare me. Uh, and once it figured out that that's what was going on, when it approached my bed, across crossed my arms, across my body like that, what it was trying to do was put me into a self-hug. Then I got to see another thing from this perspective that I didn't as a child or maybe didn't register or whatever, but as it crossed my arms like that, it also patted me on the wrists, you know, kind of like a reassuring thing, and then ran out of there to, so it would stop scaring me. So very, very different perspective with that. And so then Ariana, the uh, hypnotherapist, starts asking some different questions. Like, why were you there? And so what it was doing there was it was essentially on a, a research mission. It was studying humanity. And its particular assignment that night was in the room of a human child to watch and observe so, of course, naturally, where are you from? And the answer was interesting. The answer was, I'm from another space. Aria, Ariana follows up and asks, you mean another dimension? And the response was, well, you might think of it as another dimension, but really it's another space. Which is really quite fascinating because it tells us that you know, we might have some ideas about how the universe works, all these different dimensions. You know, our theoretical physicists telling us we have up to 11 hyperspatial dimensions. And, and, and this is information I've been talking about here for a long time, all the different dimensions, breaking it down, et cetera. Um, and that's our understanding right now as humans, but um, it's, it's a little different. It's not exactly quite what we think it is. It's another space. So it's a little cryptic, but it tells me also that, okay, what I was dealing with here was some sort of interdimensional being, interspatial being, whatever you want to call it. It was not from, it was not indigenous to Earth. It was not indigenous to our dimension, right? Um, It doesn't actually doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't indigenous to Earth. It could be, but in some other dimension somewhere. But um, I, I had the sneaking suspicion that this was, uh, somebody not only from another dimension, but from somewhere else in the cosmos. So in that sense, it would be a extraterrestrial interdimensional being. All right, so that's one example of many we could go through, but I just wanted to kind of break down, um, you know, like I said, we're defining first what shadows are. We're defining define time slips here shortly. And then we're going to mesh these two things together. And you have some comments down here. Um, and Alina's in the house. Great to see you, Alina. Sharon Lane as well. Fantastic. So uh, great to see a lot of familiar faces down here this evening. All right. So. And Alina, uh, if you want to moderate the chat since you're here, go right to it, my friend, since you are the chat moderator. Okay. So. I do also want to illustrate um, shadow people throughout ancient history because the ancients had a really you know, kind of different and interesting perspective on what shadow entities are. That um, you know we see the beginnings of you know the idea of old hag syndrome here. We see them as uh, recognizing different parts of the soul and what have you. It's a little bit of a longer clip, also from the shadow dimension, but I think it's important to cover this. And then we'll go ahead and we'll start getting into into time slips. So those that have seen the shadow dimension and those that have been watching uh, and following along with the classes and channel for a while, you're going to recognize uh, this information. But I, I, I find it important to keep in mind. Shadow people go all the way back into ancient history. This is not a new phenomenon, and it's not like we just suddenly, you know, discovered. Oh, there are these shadow entities, and decided to name them, a, you know, a certain term. Uh, the term shadow people goes all the way back. Uh, into, you know, the spiritualism movement. They were using it quite extensively back then. You hear the stories of Madame de Espérance and what she actually called shadow people uh, in her haunted houses she grew up in, in which she stated would protect her from the ghosts that were there. She was actually more scared of the ghosts, the apparitions that she saw, than the actual shadow entities. Now, as she grew older, she moved out of that house and moved on, had a family and whatnot. Experiences with those shadow people in a different household uh, were not as kind and benevolent. So, you know, her opinion in some ways changed over the years, not toward the shadow people she experienced when she was a child, but shadow people in general. Her opinion changed because the entities that she interacted with or experienced as an adult. We're doing different things than the ones that she experienced as a child. So not all shadow entities are alike. And so we can't just compartmentalize everything into, you know, just a one and done. They're all evil, they're all dark. No, they all have a varying degree, like with humans, of whether or not they're good or evil. And there's just really a lot of gray area here but we see back as far as ancient Sumer where shadow entities are reported there and this we see in the form of the demon known as Alu. And yeah, I understand it's a quote unquote demon but you have to understand with demons back then and the way they classified things, are not all demons were evil. Now, Alu seems to be a more nefarious kind because he would hover over people at night. Uh, He was known as a binding demon. So you're seeing the idea of like old hag syndrome, sleep paralysis, that sort of thing here. Uh, And that was imparted onto this demon known as Alu, and he was a type of Udug. And a Udug could be a good or bad demon. and you know that concept of a good demon is a little bit foreign to us, but what you would do back then is you would invoke a good demon to basically battle against or ward against the uh, bad demon. So you would have this good versus evil uh, all the way back in ancient times with these shadow entities. Now, in ancient Egypt, they had the idea, the concept of different parts of the soul. And with Egypt, there were seven different parts to the soul. And one of those was the kabit, bit or the shadow part of the soul. And this would stay here on Earth after the person had gone on into the afterlife. When we go back into our ancient history, we do have accounts going back into the ancient Babylonians where they could travel from this place into a dimensional space between worlds called the Plain of Sharon, like the Rose of Sharon. Now, in the ancient Egyptian texts, we know in the fifth dynasty pyramid texts that we find over in Saqqara, they talk about a field of Mufkuts. There is this other space that you could say, we can leave the body or go from these two worlds. So the Egyptians believed that at death, parts of the soul would start making that transition into the afterlife in their journey to the constellation Orion. However, the animating force behind the person, the the Ka and the Kabit parts of the soul, the shadow part, would actually remain here on Earth to roam. So you can already start to see some of the supernatural aspects of this idea of the animating force being left on Earth to roam around at will. Some Native American cultures, like the Choctaw, actually had some similar concepts, although not seven parts of the soul, they believed in two parts of the soul. So the Shalup was the inside shadow, and at death, this part would go on to the land of the ghosts, where the Shalombish was the, the outside shadow, and this was, again, left to roam around on Earth. All right. So that gives us a little bit uh, more context about what these shadows uh, actually are. Uh, and again, a variety of different things. So a couple of comments I missed earlier. James Gypsy Nagy says, depends on the laws of their dimension. There might be different types like different people here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you you know climb through the different dimensions, you are going to have different laws and um, there, there are, of course, different beings live, living within these, these other dimensions. We tend to, uh, I think, forget about that. Uh, and then Sage Sleuth says, No idea, but I've seen them many times through the years, mostly in daylight. See, in the daytime. Doesn't always have to be at night in the bedroom. Validated once with a family member, also witnessing one at the same time. Never felt afraid. No glowing red eyes. You know, they, they appear in different forms. They don't always have the eyes. In fact, most accounts don't. Most accounts that I've collected over the years, and I have many, um, don't have the eyes. Usually it's, you know, rather faceless. No eyes, no nose, no mouth, you know, nothing. But many people do report the eyes as well, which of course gives us some context as to, these are all a variety of different things. All right, Uh, and then Alina Says, it's really interesting to me how shadow people are both seen while wide awake and during the dream state, I experience both. Yeah, sometimes uh, people get those type of impressions through their dreams, but uh, within the dream state, we're not really getting into that uh, aspect tonight. Dreams, premonitions, all that sort of thing is uh, an even bigger topic. Uh, we, we've done uh, some classes on that before. We'll do more down the road, uh, but you're... Uh, you know, you end up in a different frequency. And so you're able to see and experience other things in a different way when you're in that state of being. Uh, and Jill saying, I learned something new. Never heard of the Egyptian and Native American theories. That's what I love about this show. Thank you, Jill. Uh, that's that's kind of the idea. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all this research and collecting all this uh, all these facts and knowledge and everything. And, you know, I, I believe uh, one of the most important things Things that we are doing in this life is passing on information. One, love, love people. Two, to pass on the knowledge to the next generation. Hopefully they will pick up the mantle and keep carrying it forward. Yeah, pass, pass it on, pass it on. Okay, so that takes care of kind of a primer on shadow people. And yeah, I've been you know, talking a bit fast here because we do have a lot of ground to, to cover here. So let's start talking here um, about time and then we'll get into time slips. So uh, Einstein here says the distinction between past, present and future is only a stubbornly persistent illusion. Yeah. So he said that uh, 1955, just before his death. Uh, Now, he had a lot of different uh, ideas about, of course, his space-time continuum and what he called the block universe, where basically all time was present. Now, I came up with an idea. It popped in my head about 20 years ago. And, you know, where I'm doing research and um, having some experiences, all that sort of thing. And it just occurs to me, well, you know, what if, again, all time, is concurrent. There's no past, there's no present, there's no future. It's all concurrently right here. And we do see other cultures throughout our history have these different ideas. Um, native, uh, The ancient Egyptians had some uh, similar type concepts. The uh, native uh, Australian aboriginals absolutely did what they called their dream time, where all time is concurrent. Uh, so we see you know those things play out, but here's Einstein talking about it. And that popped up in my research. Once the idea popped in my head, all time is concurrent. Let me dive into this a bit. But um, yeah, it occurred to me that, okay, if all time is concurrent, let's take where we're sitting right now. And every moment that has happened is happening and will happen. We're all stacked on top of each other. Like Each moment is there as a photograph in that stack. And so you, you stack up all those photos. And that's what I call stack time theory. So what a time slip would be in this is two of those moments, because everything's frequency, resonance, vibration. Two of those moments resonate at the same frequency for just a moment, and we get a glimpse of another point in time. What's fascinating about that is while maybe we are looking into the past, that moment in the past is looking into the future. Now that doesn't mean all of these are that case. You know, what might be occurring in your mind is something like, uh, you know, like a haunting or a ghost or an apparition. Yeah, something like that it doesn't mean all of them are this. Again, go back to to Mary Marshall's quote. You know, it's not just one thing. It's many things. It's all these different things, and so depending on the particular situation, we might have a different answer. So while one particular situation may be, yeah, th- this is actually a human spirit. In another situation, maybe this is just something residual is kicking off and playing back um, a recording. In other situations, we are having what we would call a time slip. In two moments in time, blend into each other for just a moment. They get a glimpse of each other. One of those places where this happened was what we call the Conjuring House. So this is a farmhouse in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Uh those of you and there are probably many of you down there that are very familiar with the movie the conjuring what actually happened there was very very different of course than what happened in the movie the Perrin family lived there for 10 years and throughout that entire time they were haunted was not a uh demonic possession uh the incident with the warrens was a seance that went bad and once uh, you know that seance that went bad was over The Warrens were escorted off and they never came back. So all of that said, there's so many, many fascinating things that happened at that house between, okay, Sanso went bad, uh, hauntings that happened there, shadow smoke that was seen upstairs uh, and elsewhere throughout the house, uh, UFO sightings. I'm gonna let Andrea Perrin, again, another clip from the shadow dimension. I'm gonna let Andrea actually, Discuss this because to her, all the things that happened there in the house, the time slip that happened there was the most amazing.
1: You know, everybody always wants to know about the seance that went so very badly wrong that it almost cost my mother her life. And it, it was horrible. That was the worst experience of my life. I, and I wasn't actually involved. I was uh, an observer. But I thought I saw my mother die. And I can't think of anything more traumatizing for a child than that. But it wasn't that that was the most significant event in the house. It was a few months later, or a couple of months later, she came out of her room and she said she was hungry. And my mother was wasting away. She was living on coffee and cigarettes. She was waif-like in her appearance. And it was late, it was about probably 10.30 at night. I had made beef stew for my sisters that night and had helped them get their homework done and gotten them off to bed. And then I sat quietly in the parlor and fed the fire because it was October and it was cold. And I was just doing my homework and she asked me if I would kindly uh, warm her up a bowl of beef stew and make a short pot of coffee for her. And I walked through and I had to walk all the way you know how big that house is <laughs> I had to walk all the way from the parlor to the kitchen to the pantry to um, warm up some stew for mom and of course it took a few minutes because microwaves hadn't been invented yet. and. We still used a Farberware coffee pot. So it took a few minutes and in my absence, my mom leaned over to throw a big log on the fireplace. And when she did, she heard laughter and conversation over her shoulder. And she turned around and she looked awestruck into the dining room. And there sitting at a table that was not our own was a family. And there were a couple of kids running around and being, you know, very playful and mischievous. And there was a woman who was dressed in a full-length dress or skirt and top, um, and she was cooking stew over a fireplace that was raging. And that fireplace had been closed and sealed tight for close to a hundred years before we even got there. And there were two men sitting at the table. And one of them had a hat on, and the other was just sitting there. They had pewter steins in front of them, which were outlawed by the 1800s. So it's indicative of the 1700s. And they were just chatting and having dinner. And the mother told the kids to take their places on the benches on one side of the table. And the two men were sitting on the other side of the table. And suddenly one of them turned and looked at the hearthstone of the fireplace in the parlor and he made direct eye contact with my mother and he smiled and then he nudged the man beside him and pointed at her and she was the ghost to them and all of a sudden my mother realized after years of suffering in that house and not being able to make any sense to reconcile in any way the inexplicable uh, events which occurred there Suddenly she realized that she was in their dimension at the same time that they were in her dimension and that they could see each other. And they were looking into the future while she was simultaneously peering into the past. And that is for me and for her, the most remarkable thing that ever happened at the farm. Some people are like, well, you know, okay, yeah, but you know, what's scary about that? It's not about what's scary regarding that. It's about what's miraculous regarding that.
0: Yeah, time slip there at the Conjuring House. Now here's somebody. You know all the things that her family has been through. All the you know the movie, all the television shows, all the interviews, guest appearances, all that stuff. This to her is the most mar- amazing, a miraculous thing ever happened at that house time slip two moments in time getting a glimpse of each other of course the question becomes what is the catalyst and can we make that happen on you know at at will or can we harness that now it's a little bit beyond the scope of this particular class to get into uh what w- exactly would make that happen but i've talked about it before uh, as far as like Um, that particular house, the energy that's there. um, You know, it's on Native American land. There's a lot of energy already present in the area in that well room right below that parlor where Carolyn had that incident. Um, You know, you have an open well with water, water being a a conductor of electromagnetic energy. And then the walls are made of limestone capped with granite blocks. Perfect little power plant. You see this stuff like at our ancient sites, like out in Egypt and what have you, to be able to harness the earth energy for healing purposes, entering altered states of consciousness, stargates and portals, etc. And there it is at the bottom of this house. So yeah, no wonder you know so many crazy things happen there. No wonder there was a time slip there. Now, can we harness it? Can we tune our frequency to be able to do it ourselves on a more frequent basis and actually be able to control it? Possibly. I think it would take a lot of practice, a lot of meditation, that sort of thing, to be able to consciously do that. Okay, so since we're talking about time slips and shadows, are some of our shadow incidents that we see. Now, with this particular incident at the Conjuring house, it was like an entire scene played out before her. Um, you know, you had these you know, people running around, sitting, cooking, all this stuff. It was like a full scene, fully fleshed out right in front of her. Okay. But what about other paranormal, supernatural incidents that we observe? Well, interesting story that came across to me um, a couple of years ago now. So I relate to me by my friend, Jim Harold, who runs a number of different paranormal... Supernatural podcast. And in an interview with him, uh, he's telling me about this story about a young man. And when he was a child, he had walked into into the kitchen. And there by the kitchen table, he saw this tall, dark hooded figure, scared him to death, ran out of there. So Know, for a number of years. And you know, doesn't understand it while he's younger, as he's growing up, learn a little bit. Okay, it becomes the hooded shadow person story, right? Well, he's a young man, you know, growing now. Um, he's at the table in the kitchen one day, making a sandwich. He's wearing a hoodie. And all of a sudden, in the doorway, he notices this shorter shadow person walk into the room. And then, boom, take right back off. And he realized in that moment that he was actually seeing himself. That when he was young, when he was a kid, little, that he had seen himself as an older kid, older, well, young man, we'll say, standing over there by the table. And as a young man, he was seeing himself little. So, You could say, in some senses, doppelganger incident. It's where a lot of people would classify this. I've talked many times about Goethe's doppelganger not really being a doppelganger. Okay, You'll find it. You uh, look up doppelganger stories. That one will show up in all the different lists. But it wasn't really. It's a time slip. Saw himself at another moment in time. So then why... In this particular incident, did it show up as a shadow and not fully formed like Carolyn Perrin had seen this entire family? when uh, Didn't tell the story, but uh, with, with Goethe's, uh, quote-unquote, doppelganger. It was really himself that he had seen, uh, a couple years apart, fully fleshed out. Um, you know, looked like just a man walking down the road to him, until he realized a couple years later it was himself. But why did it show up as a shadow in this other particular story? And I believe that's because now people that are around my age, older, um, God, I've aged myself a couple of different times on this one tonight. Yeesh. You remember, you know, your radio in your car or your you know, big stereo you had, you had the knob, right? You're turning the tune or if you had a little transistor radio, you might have the little wheel on the side. Um, well, as you're turning that, you're trying to perfectly get onto the station that you want to listen to. And when it comes in perfectly, everything's nice and clear and you can hear it just fine. But if you are a little bit short and you're just before that perfect tuning, or if you're a little bit after, it comes up staticky and garbled and distorted and might cut in and out and that sort of thing. So I think that's what was happening here with this, this young man in the shadow story of himself is that. He wasn't fully tuning into it again. It all comes down to frequency, resonance, and vibration. He's tuning into, uh, for one, his own energy, but that energy of himself is somewhere else on the stack of photographs, right? So he has to tune into a couple different things here. He has his moment has to tune into that other moment. And then he has to tune into his energy. So there's a lot of tuning going on here, right? Um, that's why in, in Tom McNicholas is down there in the chat and I always talk about the story and Tom was there. Um, the apparition of the little girl that we saw, she actually morphed out of shadow smoke. So some of these shadows do become apparitions and vice versa. Uh, but we didn't all see her the same. We all saw her a little bit differently. Where I saw her fully formed from her head down to about her knees and she dissipated away. Others saw her fully formed at the feet on up and she started to dissipate away at the head. And that's because we all have a different personal resonance. The human body is anywhere from about 9 to 16 hertz, give or take a little bit. And I might be resonating somewhere around 10, again, give or take a little bit, somebody else at 14, you know. And so we're all a little different and then the entity that we're looking at has their own resonance as well. So it's kind of a matter of how you're tuning into it. So I believe that's why uh, that was a little bit different in this particular incident. Uh, another personal incident here was at the Alaska Command Building uh, in Elmen, at Elmendorf Air Force Base, Alaska. So those who watch uh, Mission Unexplained, this is the story that was featured on uh, that particular television show. Um, they, uh, we could talk later about you know my mixed feelings on it. They got the. The gist of the story there, although they changed up a few things on it. But basically what was going on down in the basement of that building was a secure communications center. We shared space with um, with the uh, with the comm center, with the base comm center. We were WEMICS at the time, uh, Worldwide Military Command Control Systems, which later became uh, GCCS, Global Command and Control Systems, which is still in use today. Um Proud fact here, I was the first one to uh, deploy that remotely on a temporary assignment that I had in Fort Polk, Louisiana back in 1995. Um, in any case, <laughs> hey, if you got something to brag about, you may as well, right? So um, so in the basement of the buildings, we're sharing space there. Now, this is something I... Pretty much noticed right away that something was going on down in that basement, because uh, you would see shadows moving in about usually back in the back office area. Sometimes you'd see it in um, some of the like the server rack area, and there was even uh, as you came out of the server rack room, that wasn't really server rack. I'm sorry, I misspoke. It would be the um, their racks, but they had routers, patch panels, multiplexers, that sort of thing. Um, As you came out of that room, there was a subfloor there where they had the actual computer servers themselves. And then there was another little room back there with a bunch of old printers that sometimes you'd see a shadow move in and out of there. So it was kind of all over the place, but usually in the back office area. And many of us saw this. So um, my first little sit down with my supervisor when I first got into uh, that office which was after about a year, almost a year of being up there in Alaska so I had a way for my security clearance to come in. He had been, either on a, he was either on vacation or on a temporary duty. Um, I can't remember which, but he wasn't there initially when I came in. And it was like two weeks later when I finally met my supervisor and we sat down and we had a conversation. And I'd already seen a couple little things by then. And we're talking and chatting. All of a sudden notice something kind of lit by the door uh his door was open it was like you know i had glanced at it and he noticed that i had glanced at it. he just simply said yeah that happens here like oh okay and just left it at that and we continued our conversation but others you know other airmen and personnel now as we're just like walking through the offices or sitting there doing our work we would see stuff we would see those shadows move and so it was kind of talked you know, in, in whispers because you didn't want to like bring it up the chain of command because then you'd find yourself down in mental health and get your security clearance taken away. So, um, yeah, but you know, people would say, Hey, did you see that? You know, be, you know, walking toward the, uh, the little break room where we had snacks and the fridge or whatever, you see something, choo, you know, dart down that hall, like, dude, you see that? Yeah. And, uh, so the prevailing, Story at the time that was told to me by others was that the building, again, this building here, Alaska Command Building, Elmendorf Air Force Base, Alaska, had a, was originally a hospital. And where we were at in that basement had been the morgue. And where our, uh, where the rack room was at, where we had our multiplexers and patch panels and all that stuff, um, had been where the coolers were okay, great story, makes sense. We're seeing, you know, shadows of the people that had died, you know, bodies that had been in the morgue. Okay, fine. So when I started doing the research for my book, Alaska's Mysterious Triangle, of course I'm going to tell this story because it happened in Alaska. And so, you know, I want to get all the, you know, names and dates and facts right about the building. So I start doing research on this building. And guess what I found out? It was never a hospital. It's built for exactly what it was being used for, command. So then what in the world were these shadows that we were seeing down there flitting in and about, you know, the cubicles, the, you know, the rack room, the printer room way in the back. I call it a printer room, but that's just because there's a bunch of old printers. I never saw the light once turned on in that room back there. There are a bunch of old printers. It's almost like a storage room or whatever. So what were they? if not these spirits of the dead? Well, yeah, I go back to the way time in the universe works. We go back to our our stack time theory. Now, you know, we're talking, you have energy there, the Alaska Triangle, you know, and it does a lot of strange, interesting things up there. Okay, and, you know, people may kind of scoff at the idea of, you know, energy from the, but it's a legit in, in 1965 the uh, U.S Department of the Interior did an extensive survey up there uh, f- found you know five distinct and, and they only did a sixth of the state but in that sixth of the state hundred thousand square miles they found five distinct magnetic characters within which they said this is our government's research there were distinct negative anomalies within it so it's it's a legitimate thing so I believe what we were witnessing, what we were seeing were, that could have been personnel from the past. I think we were seeing time slips, a little bit of an overlap there, okay? And because of the energy, the area would just, you know, uh, at, at random. Personnel from the past. Personnel from the future. They may have even been ourselves that we were seeing from time to time. You know, maybe it was me a week ago or me three months from that point in time. I believe that they were us in that room or in, well, in that area, say room. Several different rooms, one office, I guess. All right, and uh, Tom says, yeah, uh, computer rooms are always full of electrical current, which can bring in activity. Yeah, you have that, that EMF as well. Now, there are detractors that will say that well, the high EMF would cause people to you know also possibly hallucinate, which is something you check for when you do like a paranormal investigation. You check to see what are the high EMF areas that could be causing people to feel uh, panicky on edge, you know, could give them uh, you know, while they're asleep, give them you know weird dreams and stuff like that. You check for those things while you're doing a paranormal investigation. However, the area where we saw the most shadow activity was in the back office area, away from all of the you know, really high EMF from, you know, the servers, the you know the big racks and everything that we had. You know, it was over there by the smaller PCs. Actually, they were a lot of them were Macintoshes, big huge towers and everything. Uh, you know, they were you know, locked down Tempest type machines. So, those that are familiar with uh, Tempest security, basically you're you know, enclosing the tower with this, you know, mesh and you got like a thousand screws in it. It's insane. Uh, ah, Ain is in the house. Great to see you. Darren Boss is in the house as well. Awesome. And uh, Tammy Hartkopf. All right. So, we got a lot of familiar faces showing up. Uh, Mr. Cuban shadow entities can travel at incredible speeds. Perhaps they can interfere with timelines. Well, and we're kind of talking about the time slip aspect of them as well. Uh, and yeah, as far as Nikola Tesla, I talk about Tesla in the book. Um, we're not going to have time to get into Tesla this evening, but, um, you know, not necessarily with shadows, but with the time aspect. Yes. Okay. So. All right. I do want to talk about one other story here. This is another personal story. And we'll get into the... uh, This is another one. Again, we're combining shadows in time here. So I have a little uh, two-minute clip here from a video I had done a few years ago. Um, Would have been... You know, given the background, it would have been really when I first moved into uh, this house. So we're looking at about three years ago here uh, with this particular clip. And actually in the background, you see the first edition of A Walk in the Shadows. So yeah, it would definitely be like three years ago. A personal experience that I had that could possibly be a time travel type of experience or possibly a time overlap experience was an encounter I had with a shadow person at a restaurant called Johnny V's in Muskogee, Oklahoma. We were just finishing up a paranormal investigation. A couple of people were upstairs in the bar area, some others were out in the restaurant area, and I decided to take a last photo sweep of the restaurant. As I was walking through the main doors to the kitchen of the restaurant, I suddenly spotted a shadow that darted across the kitchen really quick and slammed through the side door of that kitchen and into the restaurant. It was a very fast very translucent shadow but it was distinctly there and you heard the bang of the door when it slammed into it what's unusual about this is that even though i heard the slam of that door it was just a flimsy little metal door that you could open very easily with your finger meant for waiters and waitresses to walk through with heavy trays of food the door didn't open i called out to the others to see if they had heard what I had, and they had. And I do have a theory on this, that this shadow person was some sort of interdimensional being, for some reason crossing my plane of existence at that particular time, And that when I walked into the room, it saw me, I scared it, and it ran through that door. Now, perhaps on its plane of existence, that door opened wide and it ran right off into the dining room but on my plane of existence, that door stayed closed. But sound being on a different wavelength resonated between the two planes of existence. While this could purely be an interdimensional being like I described, could this also have been someone else from the building's history? Our moments in time overlapping each other for a brief moment? Okay, we have a uh, $5 Super Chat here. And he says, thank you for these talks, Mike. I always learn a lot from you. To think the hat man led me here. So, well, um, I'm sorry it was the hat man that led you here, but I am happy that you are here. And thank you very, very much for the $5 super chat. So super chat, superstar this evening. Right. Uh Darren has a question here, says, uh, so today a coworker asked me if shadow people think they are still alive. I gave him my answer. What do you think, Mike? Well, again, it depends on the shadow. Uh, because some of them are, you know, if it's a extraterrestrial, interdimensional being, that sort of thing, um, they they are alive. It's not even that, you know, they think that they're still alive. They they actually are alive. Um, some of these that are if they're human spirits that have passed and can't fully manifest as an apparition, yeah, you might have a mix there. You might have some that realize that they have passed on, um, like my uh, my good friend, Rob Guttrow, when his aunt came to visit him to deliver a message uh, or to have Rob pass on a message to her sister, which would have been his mother. Um, she knew that she had passed, um, but others you know, might believe that they're still alive uh, in this particular case, with with Johnny V's, now this would be one where, yeah, um, they are still alive. And that's the door in question. Uh, they are still alive, but on what plane of existence? So we could be looking at it from a couple of different ways here. One, you know, my uh, my initial research and uh, you know idea behind this was, you know, interdimensional being. And in this illustration here, we see, you know, I walk into that room. I scare it and on its plane of existence, it burst through that door out to the dining room and is gone, but I don't see it because I'm on a different plane of existence. I'm in a different dimension, but sound works on a different wavelength. And so I was able to hear it, but not see it. So the the sound was able to traverse um, the dimensions. Now. Time is on a different dimension. That is, time is, you know, fourth dimension. That's where our consciousness resides. Again, time doesn't exist. So we say, yeah, time is on the fourth dimension. Again, time doesn't really exist. That's our perception of our reality. You know, we use it as a way to keep track of, um, keep track of the seasons, when to plant crops, when to show up to work at the right moment, that sort of thing. It's a tool that we use. It's our consciousness that's on the, uh, fourth dimension, inside a thir- third dimensional body, all of the other dimensions uh, would see time as basically like an object that they can move in and out of at will. So let's think of this, time, a different moment. Go back to our stack here, okay? If this was a type of time slip moment where I had walked into that kitchen, and again, I just saw like kind of a glimpse of this shadow it was really really faint um it was tall it was narrow and it was fast it was fast. it really was like i had just scared somebody let's say that i did let's say that this was a time slip moment and that was just a faint glimpse of a person you know how did i look like to i'll, I'll just say him for lack of a a better it could even be a her whatever um you know, what would, what did I look like? Did I look like a ghost? Did I look like a shadow? You know, Whatever it was, I scared it because it took off out of there. So let's think about that for a second. Because we're there doing a paranormal investigation because of all the different stories that have been going around about that place for years. So what if I just created, by walking into that kitchen, what if I just created the moment that people decided that this place was haunted. In other words, what if the person that I saw in that room was somebody from the past, say, 10 years beforehand, some worker in the kitchen there, maybe working late at night or something, and all of a sudden I walk in as a ghost, as a shadow or whatever, boom, he takes off out of there. And then starts to tell the story. You'll never believe what I saw walk into the kitchen tonight. And that become the reason why we were there to investigate to begin with, which creates a paradox because how could I have been there 10 years prior, right? So that ongoing loop, which came first, me walking into that kitchen or him seeing me walk into that kitchen? I'm just throwing an arbitrary number out there, right? It's a hypothetical, but it's possible that we could have just, we could be, We could have been investigating there because we created the haunting to begin with. And that's what a bootstrap paradox is. You think of like the movie Somewhere in Time with the the pocket watch where it just, it has no point of origin. That's what a bootstrap paradox is. It's some sort of situation or object, normally an object that has no point of origin. And in that particular movie, it's the pocket watch where the old woman gives it to Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve carries it with him throughout the movie, including when he goes back into time ends up giving it to the young Elise, Jane Seymour, who is still holding on to it when he's zapped back uh, to the future and as an old woman gives it to him later. It's a circle, round and around and around. Nobody ever buys it. Nobody ever finds it in a dress of drawers, never given to them by somebody else. It's always cycled between the two. So to answer your question there, Darren, yeah, they, they actually could still be, alive not even just thinking that they are alive but actually are depending on the type of shadow that it is all right final comments here so those that are part of the connected universe uh portal uh the member side we're going to cut over to there here in just a moment i do want to take a couple of the um uh see andrew paranormals in the house didn't have his notifications on <laughs> Uh, but also says that one of the three shadow entities I have seen reacted to my presence. And those who react to our time and space, I don't think are time slips personally. Um, again, with a time slip, you are actually interacting with that moment. So if it's interacting with you, yeah, it could still be a time slip because those two moments are actually in the same space at the same time. So you would see it and it would see you and you would have that interaction together. Go back and watch the, uh, since you're coming in late, um, when this is, I guess, done being live and the, uh, the archive version is there, uh, watch Andrea Perrin's story on that. And she really lays out the whole, uh, time slip there at the Conjuring house where Carolyn was, uh, able to you know, interact, uh, with the, with the gentleman there and the gentleman acknowledged her presence there. So, um, all right. Those listening to the podcast version later, again, come visit us every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock PM Eastern time. Uh, I do have down in the description links to uh, Shadow Dimension, the uh, Shadow Person interview I had on Gaia TV. And I should have the links down there to uh, Travels Through Time, the book as well. If not, I'll have to go back and put them in there. Thinking now that maybe I'd missed it, Uh, but I will add those in there. Those that are part of the Connected Universe portal, stay tuned for the after show. Everybody else. Have a wonderful evening. Till next time. Time really exists.